Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now. Damn right it does. Hopefully we don't sound different. We're all doing something different here as we start the show. But I see Ira, I see Corey, and I think, and Ira and I were just having an interesting discussion, and we'll get to our wonderful sponsors in a moment, Register Sausage, and uh, tell you all the great ways that you can get sausage delivered to your house and, uh, and partake. But Ira's got a theory Corey, I don't know if you can hear it because you were in the midst of your frustrations uh, about why it is as we age, technology gets more and more difficult. Uh, And his theory just has to do, it centers around a lack of patience Uh, Mm. and and the belief that as we get older, we don't take the time just to learn the basics of the uh, apparatus that we're using, the device we're using, and that we just get frustrated. We throw our hands up and we say, screw it. Whereas kids take the time to figure out what they're doing, and then they never have a problem again. Like we you, spiral. I spiral pretty. Oh quickly. my gosh, it's amazing, and that's the thing. Like when you like if you run a car, like if you run a car, like a, a brand new car, and you try to use the the radio, it's impossible. What is going on in that radio now? <laughs> there, nothing makes any sense. It's not a radio. It whatever it is, it's not. A, so like I look at it, and I'm just like I don't see volume. I don't see tune. Screw you, and I'm hitting it, and I'm mad. Whereas like one of my kids will sit down and it's like two seconds later, they've got it programmed. But like, I just think we can't get to, we put up this wall, at least I do, is where I just don't even want to figure it out. I'm just pissed off. So anyway, that's what I was thinking as I was watching you mess around with your earbuds, your AirPods, is it's not like we got dumb as we got into our late 40s or to 50 in my case, where you Mm -hmm. guys will be soon. It's just, you just have no patience. That's my theory. 
Corey, your spiral was obvious to the both of us, and it was a joy to take Even in. though I was muted. I was muted. Yeah. You couldn't hear me. We were reading your lips. Read, I could yeah. read your lips. But I could also more than read your lips. I could see the just the blanket disappointment wash across your face, not only in the device itself that you feel is faulty, clearly, but also uh, your disappointment in yourself. Why couldn't you get this to work? What is the problem? And the yeah. growing frustration mounted across the brow of your forehead there. Yeah, and I still haven't quite got over it. Even though it's working now and everything's fine, I'm still hearkening back to six minutes ago when I was really <laughs> frustrated and wondering why does that happen every week? It doesn't make sense. I do a lot of things on this computer. I do a lot of videos and podcasts, and they all work fine, except for this one. The, Air, the AirPods just don't mix with this. But if it's you frustrating. Were, I feel like if you were 25... Man, you just would have fixed it in two seconds and moved on, and we'd be fine. We wouldn't have, Absolutely. we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have redlining, Corey. Oh no! And I'd, I'd be happy go lucky. I'd, I'd be right. combing my ponytail. <laughs> be there'd be women walking around in front of you guys in the camera view everywhere. Naked. Yeah, yeah. That'd be yeah. My what life a is a twenty-five-year-old. What a, what a twenty-five-year-old Corey we had. <laughs> well, I wish I had been there. Naked women in his house, ponytails. It was something. It was no something. frustrations whatsoever. None at all. What, Nope. What an easy life that was. <laughs> this hour brought to you by our friends at uh, Register Sausage. Yay, sausage. Take it Lo away, Ira. Lots of reasons to say yay. Thanks to all the support of the headliners and then the greater Register Sausage community. Uh, I was at, I was at uh, a grocery store the other day and uh, a couple days ago. And uh, one it was two lovely older ladies there talking. Older. And this is me saying they were older. So, you know. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh and the one lady was like, I can't get registered sausage where I live. And I was this close to stepping up. Well, ladies, you actually can. If you go to registermeats.com, they'll ship it. To, unless you live with the heathens in Alaska, they will ship it to you on ice. It'll be fresh and uh, you can get your registers wherever you are. But as to the point, they are expanding throughout uh, into North Florida, uh, more in South Georgia, all Winn-Dixie's and Harvey's. They've already been in a lot of Publix's in this area and uh, Walmarts and different stores. So check them out in your local grocery store, but also order at registermeats.com, and uh, you'll enjoy the greatness that we are. As a, I've got a shipment. I got a, Ben gave me uh, some sausage. I've got, I made the delivery to Stephanie. She got Yeah, and I'm ready to pick story. up. Yeah. And uh, I've got a shipment for you as well for uh, Bryson, you know, for the boys. Bryson and Stephanie Clark. crushed it. She, we, we had a little red beans and rice last night. She threw some andouille in there. Ooh, doctor. Get about it. Yeah. That stuff was By the good. way, I feel like I feel like once you're in a Publix, the others will fall in line. You know, it's like the Harveys and Win Dixies of the world. Get it together, guys. I mean, Publix is already stocking this. It, it's a vastly superior grocery store. So once they're on board, we don't need you guys to be half stepping. Let's just pick it up and move on. Well, maybe they didn't realize that they were, you know, that, that the registers would like give them the privilege uh, of carrying I it. Right. But then Ben said, no, we're a sausage company for the people, of the people, <laughs> and by the people. I got and, it. Uh, so you can carry it as well. Hey, so, Corey, I'll start with you because Ira and I, and I'll get it out of the way early on the wildly popular Jeff Cameron show weekdays from 3 to 6, discussed uh, the bitter disappointment of the, the Notre Dame loss and the opportunity to win back-to-back -back ACC uh, titles, regular season titles. I think I took it harder than Ira. He's handled it better than I have. I may have been more embittered than the players themselves. I don't know because it's really it, – it's been eating at me. I think it's indicative of an overriding problem that they have. Um, but, but it's also 
it dawns on me that the opportunity to win back-to-back regular season titles uh, is is few and far between for a program like Florida State. Maybe that's changing, obviously. But also, Notre Dame hadn't beaten a ranked team in 27 tries. It's embarrassing to lose that game, and they're getting their ass kicked within five minutes. Please expound on your thoughts on what we witnessed Sunday or Saturday. Yeah, that was, uh, I think, disappointing. Frustrating is the is the the right are the right words there because it's not like I don't know what it portends to in March. Maybe they get hot in March. Maybe they win this weekend. But you had a chance to do something really special. You only have three chances to do something special in this season. One of them, you just you just vomited all over yourself when you had all you had to do was beat. You either had to hold a sixteen point lead against North Carolina, or you had to beat a, a Notre Dame team that lost to Boston College a week before. That Boston College team that rolled into Tucker Center last week, Notre Dame found a way to give up 94 points to that team and lose. And yet you couldn't beat that team. Um, that, to me, uh, is what's so frustrating because, yeah, like you said, you don't know, you don't know when this will ever happen again. Like You can't just take for granted that you're going to have another chance to win back-to-back regular season titles anytime soon at Florida State. It was all on your shoulders. All you had to do was play well or just play okay against Notre Dame, and you just completely laid an egg. And, like, so, and I and juxtapose that with Virginia. Like, once Florida State lost, Virginia knew if they won, if they beat Louisville, a, a much superior team to Notre Dame, if they went on the road and beat Louisville, they were the regular season champs. And, buddy, Virginia played like they were playing for something. Like, it meant something to them. And I don't know that Florida State in the first half, I mean, how? when was the last time Notre Dame was up 20 on anyone? Anyone. That so, doesn't happen. So we, we actually, uh, Coach Hamilton had a Zoom this morning. His 9 a.m. Zooms that, mm. you know, Corey, you don't, you and Jeff, you guys don't ever seem to make it on the 9 a.m. Zooms with Coach. I know you're awake, Jeff. You oh, just, oh, I've uh, been awake for hours at that you, point. Ira. You're but, too busy, uh, too busy closing yeah, sure. sales. Um, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, he, he made a couple comments I thought that were pretty revealing. One was he felt like they just didn't handle the pressure of the moment. Uh, which I think is understandable, and it, and I think it's that's not a that they didn't try to close the game or that they did that they took it because I think some people watched that game and felt like that they came in overconfident that they weren't they didn't they weren't focused on Notre Dame they they were looking past them whatever it is he felt like they they just saw and probably in the North Carolina game as well that they just forced too many things that he thinks that's why they shot poorly he thinks that that's why they made some poor decisions that, you know, goes back to, you know, kind of the Jimbo, they just want it too much. And, you know, I think there is something to that. That doesn't excuse it, but I think it explains it a little bit that, um, you know, that they just, that there's a lack of maturity in some of those key players. Um, how about me f- playing through this, Corey, while Jeff is doing whatever the hell I don't is understand doing. what he's doing. Like, it's, it's, a, it's ridiculous. I'm maintaining well, a, a, pretty, a pretty coherent train of you thought. You are, man. I'm following you, but on the well, bottom of you is this, <laughs> Nonsense! Like a circus down there. Okay, I've got to interject. So we're doing this show this time a little different. I'm not in the studio. I'm at my house. I've gone to great lengths to in make front sure of your China. Can... Is that your good yeah, China? That's the good China. So uh, here we are doing this. I, I got pumped up. I got ready this morning after I dropped Rice off to school. I got an extra Ethernet cord to make sure we didn't have any internet issues. And now the one thing I didn't account for are my dogs and they're both like getting tangled in this ethernet cord, which I have not had the time to pin back yet the way that I'm going to, when we get done with the show. 
And so I know that if my dog goes right, this whole computer is going with him and I'm trying to show him and he's old as shit, and I'm trying to show him like, you can't, dude, let me lift you up and get this cord because we got problems. And I'm listening to Ira make the point and he's defending like Coach Ham did that this team could, you know, wanted it too bad, which I think doesn't portend to good things when the games become more important. Um, so I've got it all going on. I like, okay. I like that you were listening, but yeah, I didn't know that your dog was. It looked like you were doing a jump rope, like a double dutch with a, I was a kid or to something. Get the Ethernet cord from out from underneath the dog's legs, and he's looking at me like, "What's the problem?" And I'm going, "God, dog it." Anyway. It's ridiculous that this isn't videoed and just put yeah. on YouTube. We, we, we should do that. But um, yeah. anyway, so the uh, yeah, so that was his one of his main points. Another main point was I asked him about MJ and his health because that was the other thing that Jeff and I talked a lot, a lot about mm-hmm. yesterday, Corey, was uh, – and if you just started listening to his show, especially when I'm on, then we wouldn't have to recap it for you every week. But but anyway. Right. You, so, got, I got things to do, guys. We talked about MJ and his health. And, um, you know, and I basically said, you know – you know, how much of his shooting performance in that game was a result of him not being healthy, even though he did shoot pretty well the, the home game before. And he yeah. said, he, he, he was like, look, he said, you know, we've got a couple guys that don't feel good right now physically. And basically MJ is one of them. And he said, but there becomes a point where you have to overcome that mentally, which I thought was for, for Leonard Hamilton's is probably as strong a comment as he's going to make about, one of his guys, you just get the impression that that's the conversation they've been having with him. Look, man, we know you don't feel good. You got to get past that. You you got you can't let it affect your play the way you let it affect your play in that game Saturday because he looked like he didn't belong on the court at times. Well, and I thought that very thing. He didn't belong on the court for much of that game. Which so it, yeah, and and that's uh, that's an issue. I, I you know going back to what you said early before the the dog incident. Um, that yeah man that's what and I, I agree with what jeff's saying it's like i get that they didn't handle the pressure man but the pressure only gets more intense from here like your season is over if you lose well so, but there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a uh attack mentality when you're going to win your first game your second game of the ncaa tournament is a little bit different when you're trying to close out a, a regular well, season. yeah maybe it's more like you're tr- we can't lose this it's you're a finish line but I, I do think you, that maybe, but especially yeah, I think they just blown a sixteen point lead in North Carolina. Again, I think I'm not justifying it. I just think it could be a different mindset. But what I think that does is, I think that first game, man, if you don't do well in Greensboro, that first game is going to be tough. You're not going to feel good about yourself. It's going to be a five twelve, so you're almost certainly going to be placed, facing a team from a major conference that just snuck in on the bubble. But they have athletes and they can play with you. And if you come out sloppy and sluggish and slow in that game, it's all of a sudden, here it goes again. We can't lose this game. Let's not lose this game. And that's what worries – plus, they won't be in the Tucker Center. That, that's what worries me the most about um, uh, just what, what we've seen from them on the road and especially what we saw from them on the road the last two games. This is a fertile topic, and so we'll carry it over to the next segment because I want to respond to both of you there. It's uh, Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. Yeah, so many of the things that we just talked about are disconcerting. I'm not saying they can't overcome it because we've seen evidence where they've been playing poorly at the end of a season and then gone into the tournament and made a real run. So we know that this doesn't necessarily portend uh, of, of the level of play we're going to get uh, both in the ACC tournament and or uh, the NCAA tournament. 
Uh, I am I am worried, and I want to circle back to, to MJ. I think it's interesting, Ira. I'm glad you illuminated what uh, Coach Hamilton said since I, Corey was no doubt sleeping and I was running errands. We did not hear that, so thank you for bringing that to the table. But uh, And I'm kidding, Corey, kind of. But what, 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 no, no, what, I, what I was – Usually I would grant you that, but, uh, you know, my kid has to get to school. Okay, and they don't start so school at 11 things. o'clock like they should. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, really quickly – I I hear the criticism that Coach Ham is going with there, and I think it's warranted. I you know I got to be careful here because MJ's had a great career, but if there's ever been um, a pretty consistent criticism I've had, it, it does seem to center around the frequency with which he finds himself uh, hampered by injury. And uh, the one thing I will say is if he's hurt, hurt, and that's not going to get better because I don't know if that's tendonitis that doesn't tend to get better real quick. If that's the case and he can't guard the way that he's capable of and he can't get into the lane the way that we saw him for the first quarter of the season uh, and all he is is a spot-up shooter, which a spot-up shooter that doesn't shoot well on the road, then you really can't play him. And that's a sad truth. That's a sad reality because, I mean, MJ has been a big part of your program for a long time and you'd hate to have to do that. But I'm about trying to win some basketball games here. Uh, and, and if you have to at that point, then, you know, you're going to see uh, Calhoun take a lot of those minutes, one would think. And he's going to make mistakes, but he's also going to knock down shots and he's healthy. I mean, I think, the, you know, the, the, the fact that he found it at home in, the, in his senior night, you know, I think that it, it, the fact that juxtaposing those two games, because his, his, whether it's his knee, his ankle, or both, whatever that's been bothering him, that's been going on for weeks now. And the fact that, he was able to, on senior night, when his family had come down, they're in the stands, everybody's there to celebrate his senior night, and he shoots six out of nine from three. He was five out of his first six from three. You know, he found a way to to to, to persevere through it. But on the road, in a game against a team that probably is not, you know, uh, it was not a good team, he he let it become a problem. I think that's the impression I got, is they feel like he let that – he let it become a problem in that game, but he didn't in the home game before. So I think that is something you can persevere. I think he it's is a competitor to get to this level. He's a competitor. I think he can if he's challenged, and I think they're challenging him. So I think he's going to play better. Um, the question about the overall mentality of the team, it's it's part of its mentality, but also part of it is how they're built. You know, I think what 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 really became apparent in that game, it was a perfect storm where they couldn't get they couldn't score. And then that they don't set up their defense, which then puts pressure. So they couldn't put the pressure on Notre Dame defensively that they normally do. Like Notre Dame, if Notre Dame had to deal with FSU guarding them 94 feet every time up and down the court, Notre Dame would have gotten worn down. They only play seven guys. They're not that athletic. It would have been a hard day for them. But Florida State could never score. They had 20 points with like two or three minutes left in the first half. So they could never set up their defense. So Notre Dame's actually just able to play confidently. They're hitting threes. And then on the other side, Florida State's not getting easy opportunities because they're not getting anything out of their defense. That to me is what concerns me about this team is if they get in a half court game, you know, with Trent, it was different. I don't know that Scotty and, and Raekwon Gray, when they're running the point, certainly not Raekwon Evans when he's running the point. I don't know if they're good enough in the half court in these grinded out games. And that's going to be, to me, that's a bigger concern in the postseason than the, than the mentality or dealing with pressure. But we, we know the ceiling, right? Like the ceiling is high. Uh, they can go, they can beat may, You know, I watched Baylor the other day. Maybe they don't, maybe they can't beat Baylor. Baylor, 
their third guard scored 35 points. Like they just they shoot it from everywhere. They have two NBA guards that aren't that guy. They're just really good. But they can beat almost everybody they play if they play well. So we know what the ceiling is, but now I think we know that the floor is, buddy, they could be out in one round. They could be out in the first round. They could be out in the first round of the ACC tournament. Like if you can lose to Notre Dame, you can lose to anyone left. And you can lose to anyone that makes the NCAA tournament, including like Cleveland State and people like that. Like if you can't make shots. So that's what you just want to see is like, guys, play with some confidence away from that, away from the TLC double C. Because it ain't that's not where the tournament is. And they've well, had one game where they shot the ball well. I don't count Miami because Miami was playing walk-ons and but on the road against Louisville is the only time they've they played well offensively away from the Tucker Center. And that that's Ira, that's concerning. Ira, you mentioned that MJ found it on senior night, but he found it against the trash team and it was all from three. And that's all he is right now is a three point yeah. shooter and not a good one on the road. And that's well, not um, what he was. That's not what he was yeah, earlier in the season. No, that's he got to the basket. Yeah. yeah, it's actually uh, Jeff met Jeff brought that up yesterday, and I completely kind of forgotten about it. He's like, "Yeah, man, remember like a couple months ago when he was dunking on people and stepping over them after yeah. they were on the ground? Like that? It's that's gone from my memory. Like it's been yeah. so long since he's played like that." So I do think we, that that do that does obviously mean he's he's not himself. He's not right physically. He can't get by people and get up and and rise up uh, like that. Um, although remember he tried it in the Carolina game, like he tried to dunk from the free throw yeah. line. It didn't go well, and he yeah. didn't make it. But uh, so, but yeah, man, if he can get healthy and be that guy where he can he can get you six points in the lane, you, you got yourself a chance. Because look, man, I, I like the other Raekwon. He seems like a nice guy, but he he's been well. Let's he's address just been this. Not yeah, great. Yeah, we're not going to do the thing where we talk about how great people's families are and all that. We're trying to win games. So here, here's the deal: he sucks, and and I don't know what happened, but he huh. can't play. Look, we're not we're not endorsing not that. Even, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. He's a waste of time. And it really is frustrating because that hasn't always been who he is. So something's gone on with him in terms of confidence. Something's going on with MJ Walker in terms of health. Uh, obviously, Malik Osborne's not healthy. I mean, they really do kind of come limping into the postseason. We just have to admit that. They don't look like anything close to the team that's just absolutely overran Virginia and embarrassed them and, and just – overwhelmed Louisville. They don't look like that team in any way. One of the things that makes me sad was watching Virginia celebrate like they had won the national championship by winning that game and, and clinching the ACC and good on them for celebrating. But I was reminded when I watched that game that they didn't belong on the same floor as Florida State. Th those, those kids looked like the least athletic, sorry-ass bunch of kids I'd ever seen win an ACC title. And, that, and, that, yeah. and now I'm sitting there watching that going in. We couldn't close it out. That's what I was going to say, man. Corey, you're you, and I heard you do this on Wake Up. Like, you're giving Virginia credit for closing it out and how they played. I thought they looked like ass. I thought Louisville just looked worse. Like, I didn't think – neither neither of those teams looked good to me. Certainly, Not a real good I, conference, boys. Not a real good conference this year. No, but, yeah, I mean, Virginia's going to – it's not like Virginia's – even when they play well, you're not going to be like, wow, this is a great show. They're putting on a show today. Like, they win games looking like ass. That should be their motto. That's what they smack walking out of the locker room. Let's look like ass. Let's look like ass today, boys. That's just what yeah. they do. <laughs> but hey, man, they can't. You know, they got. They're getting what five days off before they play again. Um, you know, I don't know what you do with Malik and MJ if you try to make a run in Greensboro. Are you basically say let's cool it, let's see what happens, but we got to get healthy for the next week. That's what I'd love to know. Is if is if could. If they just man said, you know, we're gonna try to we'll try to win it with these other eight guys, and 
you know, if we win it, great. If we don't, we're going to go home and take this week. Like, would that help or would it not? And if it doesn't, then, yeah, you just got to try to win the ACC tournament if you can. I took as a positive, though. Ham got over his stubbornness and went small, and they shut it down. They shut Notre Dame down that second half going small. I thought it was great to see. That's a good indicator. I mean, I I, I like knowing, Ira, you brought it up yesterday on the show that, hey, he, he, when he realized that uh, Balsa was of no use in this game, they sat his ass. Good. Do you think they'll, uh, now that Barnes has won the sixth man of the year, that they'll start him again? Now that that's, uh, that's been won? Now that they procured that? Yeah, they got it again. They've still got the, the streak going. Uh, I hate I hate it for the Matthew Cleveland kid next year. Like, he's coming in thinking, I'm going to make this starting five. I'm going to be really good. No, man, you're coming off the bench, buddy. Understand that. Um, or maybe it'll be Cal- Or maybe it'll be the kid from Houston. He'll that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah he, that kid's like, I guess this is my role. But do you, because they are, they are getting killed. They, they cannot score the first three or four minutes of a basketball game. It's especially stop. on the road. They it's can't. Stop. I think so he did, Barnes he, starting he, would help. He, he did start Barnes to start the second half, um, but, but he, Evans was in there too because they'd gone small. So it wasn't like he got, you didn't get Evans off the court. Right. Uh, okay. All right. Well. Hey, by the way, did you like that uh, they posted Scotty Barnes up and used all that length and size? Man, I let's see more of that. I mean, that dude is a beast down low. He takes one turn, one step, and he's at the rim. He's six nine. He doesn't always have to be out on the perimeter. I love. And him. if he misses, he a lot of times he'll get his own rebound because he he's he's pretty athletic and long. Yeah, there are things they can do, and I, I, I think the ACC tournament will be interesting to see what they're willing to do, if they're willing to come away from some of the things that they wanted to do. Hey, look, it, it's it's not all of their fault from a coaching standpoint. I mean, guys get hurt, and when they're hurt, you're, you're trying to figure out what they can and can't give you. Right now, the experiment's not working for quite a few guys, and I don't know what happened to Raekwon Evans, but he's not the player he once was, and the less of him, uh, the better off we are. Ira, I almost texted you when your boy and Gom hoisted the three. Um, but I, I let it alone. I let it alone. I, let it alone. <laughs> I didn't see, I had to watch it on replay. I didn't see that shot. How close was it? Did it rim out? 2021, 2021, 22 is going to be Ngom's coming out party. It's going to be, he, I, I agree. Let's, I, I agree. Let's get him. Let's get him. Did it, get him to did that it hit the rim? Did it hit the rim? It wasn't pretty. Okay. So it hit the rim or not? I don't think it really did. I mean, it looked like a grazing, maybe. Uh, but it wasn't like short. the Kumaji one, though, right? Where he hit it off the top <laughs> of the backboard. <laughs> Better than that. Okay, but good. Went, there we go. It wasn't that bad. Seminole Headlines. ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, now we should celebrate the fact that Florida State bounced back and won two of three in a series against Virginia's pitching staff. But I can't, as I told Ira, Corey, uh, I want you to be the representative of Seminole Headlines that goes to every single Florida State baseball game this year or watches it in documents because I don't want to. Right. Um, and, and I, you know, I think it's indicative of baseball, so I can't just put it on Florida State. But the old 15 strikeouts with seven looking and leaving the bases loaded in a one-run game will hurt your feelings. Yeah. Well, look, man, they've, they've struck out 117 times this year in nine games. They've also struck out 109 guys. I mean, it's just Whoa. 111. It's just the sport. Like, it's I haven't fun, looked around. fun to maybe, watch. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it really is. Like, I, it's, it is hard. Like, in Major League Baseball, it's like, okay, I get it. Those guys are throwing 99, and they have nasty sliders. I get that there's going to be some strikeouts. And everybody swings like it's the count's 3-1, even if they're down 0-2. 
But in college baseball, I know you're facing some serious arms, and you're facing better arms than you probably ever have um, because so many are still in college this year. But good grief. Good grief, man. Put, it's just it is hard to watch. It's, it's hard to watch. And it's not just Florida yeah. State is hard to watch. Correct. It's, it's all hard to watch. Um, the problem yeah. with Florida State, though, is that, okay, it's, if you're going to strike out, that's one thing. But if you're never going to hit the ball with authority, like if you only have like, I think they have eight home, I don't five home runs, like 11 extra base hits as a team. Robbie Martin slugging under 300. Like, that's what you can't have. Reese Albert and Robbie Martin at least have to slug. They have to put, they have to hit extra base hits. They have to have impact bats when they put the ball in play. You can't be a bunch of singles hitters and strike out all the time. It's so early in the year that I'm trying to um, juxtapose this, this brand of baseball as being very commonplace these days, loaded pitching staffs throughout this conference for sure, really throughout the nation amongst the top 25. Uh, the modern approach to hitting uh, has trickled down from Major League Baseball where it's all or nothing. Uh, I don't think it's good for Major League Baseball. I certainly don't think it's good for college baseball as they're not nearly as effective at doing it. Uh, and you're right. I think we add to the woes here in that you do have four or five guys that can hit the ball uh, and slug a high percentage who are not doing so right now. It's a good thing Florida State can pitch. Uh, but but just in terms of the, the product, boy, I, I, it, it's going to be disappointing. Um, it, it's going to make me harken back to a day that, that caused people to make fun of college baseball. And that was that it was too offensive, that there were too many runs because of the aluminum bats, that final scores were 10 to 8 every night, and that you really couldn't effectively pitch. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to Omaha where gorilla ball ruled the day, and basically if you didn't hit six runs in a game, you couldn't win. But I'm I would like that. to see – I'd like to see some semblance of it. I mean, something that's more akin to that than what we're seeing now. You know what's crazy? I guess it's how all these sports are. But, like, when our man Abner Doubleday or whoever invented baseball made it 60 feet 6 inches, people were throwing like me at, at best. Like, you know, you're throwing probably 72 miles an hour. And, oh, this is a perfect distance to hit this speed. Now guys are throwing 100. Everybody on the college baseball team is throwing 93. We can't scoot it back a foot. Can we make it 61-6, Ira? Can we do 62 feet from home plate and just see what it looks like? Maybe a, maybe lower the mound again. Lower it even more. Lower into the dirt, like where you're having to pitch <laughs> uphill. I mean, do, do something. This is nuts. This is crazy. It's crazy. Like, and, I, and, you know, me as a dad, a sports dad, projecting, like, you always give yourself like a 3% glimmer of like, well, if Brady develops, he might be able to play college baseball. There's a chance. Brady's not hitting 94. No, there's like 1% of the people on earth can do that. And to get to college, to even play high school now, you got to hit 90. And it's like, what, can't we can't we make it easier on these kids and scoot them back a little bit so that all these games aren't 2-1? to one? But it probably won't happen. They never well, raised the rims in basketball, even when people started jumping over the back, you know, taking balls off the backboard to dunk them. Well, I, I can. I, I thought they should make the court bigger. I don't care about the rims, but I would say this: as far as uh, baseball goes, I do think they're going to have to address some things here because you've heard you've heard baseball lifers talk about the fact that pretty much every reliever coming out of the bullpen now can touch a hundred. Yeah, there was a time when in our youth, guys. Oh and, man! And, I mean, God, Nolan Ryan hit a hundred, and we would flip the hell out. It was natural. the only guy I remember that threw like high nineties for me as a kid, other than Ryan, was like Rob Dibble. And he was like a freak show because he threw 98 and 99. And then Mark Wollers, when Wollers. he came to the Braves, yeah. could throw 100. 
It's like, dude, he'd be the setup man now on a bad team. <laughs> like they all, yeah. throw, literally everybody coming out of the Dodgers bullpen in the in the yeah. postseason is hitting ninety nine or hundred. It's like, what? The, this isn't same, fun. This isn't fair. The same goes. The same goes for the Rays. Like they just yeah. go one guy right. after the next in that bullpen. It's hundred miles per hour. It's like you don't even have to be good. Just throw hard over the plate. It's, I just think, and so to me, the the whole game, it's just not the same sport. Not to, no. and I'm not a baseball purist by any stretch, or but like all the things that you like to see during a game, the strategy, and it's just it's not there. It's just home runs or strikeouts. And so it devalues, in my opinion, it devalues defense because you think about that game on Sunday where Florida State struck out 15 times. Well, that's five full innings where the ball wasn't put in play. So who cares if your shortstop's good? You're only putting the ball in play. He only gets maybe one chance a game because all the other outs are strikeouts. So put a big Pablo Sandoval looking dude at shortstop. Who cares? Like, you know what I mean? It just, it devalues defense too. And, and it, all of it just, it, it makes it, I know this isn't the show, maybe the platform to talk about our problems with baseball, but I do wish they'd address something when it comes to the, the just, I don't know. I really don't know what you do other than lower the mound or scoot it back. Well, Have a pitch from second base. Well, there's a few things you could do. You could lower. You could. You could certainly move the bound back, even if it's just six inches. It would make a world of difference. Secondly, you can get rid of the shift. You can do a lot of things in Major League Baseball, and you know, I, I think they're going to have to address that. I just never thought it would trickle down to college baseball to the point where what we're seeing now is dominant pitching staffs in which the ball's not put in play. You talk about three true outcomes. It's terrible for baseball. I mean, it, it just is, and it's not. And I used to love to go to Hauser and watch baseball because it was engaging and I'd keep score. There was a lot of action. There were things to do. There ain't much to do watching this team. And and, and it's not Florida State's fault. I mean, they're going to have to win this way. Meets very forward thinking and, and modern. Um, but man, 15 strikeouts, seven looking. You know, it's hard for people to juxtapose that with hearing him say we're going to be a lot more aggressive. You know, I mean, I, that's, I, I think people thought offensively the approach would be, quote-unquote, a lot more aggressive. Um, I don't know why, but since Mike is, Jr. has been in charge of the uh, offense for a long time, and they've been very successful. But, I mean, I kind of – I think I hear that a lot out in the community. People are like, well, uh, I thought we were going to be more aggressive in the strike zone. It didn't feel that way. I mean, I definitely think they've got some guys who are still just trying to figure it out. And to the, what Corey said earlier, I think we mentioned it yesterday, you, you do have – at least three guys in that lineup that you think you, you know, you over the course of 50 games, you're going to see more offense out of it, especially more power. Um, so that, you know, that can change things. And, you know, that's the thing about baseball, man, you know, just one or two guys get going. It can change your whole lineup. It goes the other way too. If one or two guys stop hitting, it can uh, change your whole lineup as well. So, so early, so early, but uh, it's uh, not, not, not a lot of fun so far. And their game today to was canceled, right? It was canceled yeah. or postponed. The South Florida game for today was postponed. And that has a COVID element to it, yeah. I assume? Yeah. yeah. It didn't, the release didn't say which school, which university, whether it was USF or FSU, but yeah, it was, uh, it was postponed. Something to note here, we will spend the vast majority of the rest of the show not only answering questions, but addressing, uh, you know, obviously spring football. That's the topic du jour. We'll have to get to it. We'll do it next. Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. And on that note, today basically starts uh, spring football. Guys, I like that we've kind of both aggressively and passively all of us in the, uh, in the, on the beat, in the media, um, addressing concerns about being 
uh, locked out, not having the opportunity to assess spring football. And it appears that uh, maybe that resonated a little bit. They, they, they have lowered the standards. It looks like we're going to be able to uh, go out there to Hauser and spread out amongst each other and watch spring football to varying degrees. That's, a, that's good news. That's a development. I'm excited about it. I better be like I was telling. Uh, I don't know if I told Ira this. I, we just texted, but I was uh, um, I was telling Shanna because I was telling her I had to come down. I'm coming down tomorrow, and she's like, "Where are you going down tomorrow for?" And I'm like, "Well, they're starting spring practice and they're letting people in." And she's like, "Oh, you got to go to that." And I'm like, "Well, it'd be kind of messed up if I complain like a baby for three shows in a row about how we're <laughs> locked out for no real reason, no provable reason. Like it's just it's the easy thing to do, and then when they right. do let us in, I'm not there." So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, man, it's cool, man. I, I, that's I'm I'm actually genuinely excited to go watch that um, because I think Milton has a ton to do with it. I also want to see what the receivers look like. I want no, to see man. what the transfers look like. You don't, you don't want to see Milton. You want to see zero zero every practice. You want to see that's incorrect. Just three and outs. No, and, that's incorrect, Ira. Uh, do not do not uh, <laughs> you know misrepresent what I said. I well, said you, in the ma- spring you, game, misre- you misrepresent what I said because I heard you saying like, oh, like I want to see 70 to 50. That's not what I'm saying either. I do want to see productive plays on offense, though. Like I want to see an offense that accomplishes something. Yeah, uh, but it would be, again, if Milton th- – and I'm talking about the Garnet and Gold game. But spring practice, hey, buddy, light it up, McKenzie. But in the Garnet and Gold <laughs> game, if he's, if he's throwing for four bills and five touchdowns, while that would be very exciting on one hand – the other hand is saying, good God, this defense again. Like, who do you need, Adam? Do you need the, the do you need, uh, I don't know, the Chiefs the defense to come? Bears. Do you need Honey Badger? Who do you need? Let us know. Uh, that would be a that would be a real issue if the if the defense gets lit up. I think as excited as people would be about the offense, because the Jameis thing was different. Because the Jameis thing, you knew that defense was good. They had proven it the year before. They were one of the best defenses in the country the year before. This one, if McKenzie Milton goes and lights up that defense again and it looks like Louisville all over again, people will be slightly encouraged about the offense and really pessimistic about the defense. Ira, Ira, did you see how he did it again? The forever slights. Why would you say does he need Kansas City's defense when the Bucs just beat the Chiefs 31 to 9? The Chiefs defense could do nothing to stop the Bucs, and the Bucs dominated the Chiefs defense. Uh, offense, and yet here my man is saying, oh, "What do you need the Chiefs' defense?" What's come crazy on. about that is, I did a I did a wake up war chant yesterday, and I was trying to come up with a good defensive back that they could take from just a free agent. And I'm like, "Do you need somebody from uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills secondary?" I can't name anyone in the Buffalo Bills secondary. I I can't name anyone that's ever played in the Buffalo Bills secondary except yeah. Ronald Darby. And that was seven years ago. So my who is, mind, uh, who is my guy that? Well. Who is my guy from the? Wasn't the Bills that had the the weird helmet on special teams back in the day? Who am I? Thinking? Oh yeah, Kelso. Was yeah, that's what Kelso? I'm thinking. Yeah, he had like the bubble helmet. Too. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look that up. You know, was, y'all keep thought, making points. I thought Kelso too, but then it didn't sound right before I started to say it. So they had Tasker, which was like the really good guy on special bad, teams, bad but I don't think yeah. he had the helmet. I think it was did, Kelso. Did he play on special teams as well? Yeah, he, he did. did. He did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm really excited uh, that they're opening some of it, just because again, so we'll we'll have some credibility when we when we talk about what we're talking about. Um, and I, you know, and I'm not. I, I think Corey and I are probably. As much as we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum, I think we're both 
a little bit of hyperbole. I mean, I, I don't want to see the offense go up and down the field. I just you want I I do need to see that this offense looks like a real offense because really. 90% of the big plays last year was just yeah. Jordan Travis being crazy. Correct. You know, just running around. Right. Yeah, which which is awesome. It was fun to watch, but it's not an offense. It's not something that gives you confidence going into a game against a real opponent. So, like, to see an offense that actually functions and Lawrence Tofili making plays and, and some of those receivers making plays, the ball being put on them in the right spot and all those things, and then the defense responding. But if 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 – if the defense were to go out there and just play lights out and the offense doesn't get anything going, I don't, I don't think people are going to be like, oh, this is great. I think they're going to think, man, we're going to stink on both sides of the ball. I've been so loathsome. <laughs> That's the problem with spring game, right? I don't – yeah, it gets I, – I don't know that I want to take anything away from the spring game or, you know, I just – I would like to see some stops. And, Corey, I'll give you ammunition. You know, you can yell out, what do you need, Adam? You need Devin White? What, what do you need? Do you, do you need Carlton Davis? Do you need Sean Murphy Bunning? Who do you need? It's, by the way, it's uh, Winfield Jr. Who else do you need? It was Adam? Mark Kelso. It's Mark, Mark Kelso. Kelso. And there he did. Go. He wore something called, uh, it's on his Wikipedia page. He wore like a, a pro cap pro cap on his helmet, which used uh, which reduced the risk of concussions. It was like the gazoo. It was like the, it was crazy. It looked like a, like a Tecmo helmet compared to everybody <laughs> else on the field. Good God, Adam, do you need Indomitian Sue? Do you need JPP? Do you, do you, do you need Vita Vea? What do you uh, need? Yeah, it's, it's just odd. That's how my like brain works. That's how my brain works. I don't understand why I would say the Chiefs, they're not even known for their defense. Even if they don't want, it wasn't because of their defense. It, it just doesn't make sense. Adam, do you need Levante, David? Who all do you need? All right. All right. I'm just letting you know, like, they had like nine <laughs> Pro Bowlers, but, that's, but by all means, pick the Chiefs. Pick the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> he's still, still got a little Brady uh, reflux in his head. Yeah, he can't, can't do it. He can't give uh, a team that Brady was on any credit. That, that, That's that right. That's laugh. right. That Tom Brady, not my son. By the way, I do think it's going to be great to see a quarterback get the ball out on time, and I do think that will happen. And by definition, that will improve this offense. And we saw enough in, in terms of creative scheming with uh, a different kind of quarterback to suggest I think the offense is going to be fine. I don't trust this defense. I've got to see some stops. So I got to be honest with you, Ira. If they shut out the offense every day of the spring, I will celebrate that because that defense last year was the worst defense in college football history. I could, I, I, it's an embarrassment. They, they don't deserve to be in the record books at Florida State. It was horrendous. I do think here's the thing about uh, Mackenzie Milton, and, and I, you know, I don't want to put too much hype on him, but like just watching the video of him in the the other day in the locker room where he's like wheeling in the speaker playing the the hip hop music like he's like he's he he's got that Baker Mayfield kind of thing to him like I we'll we'll see we'll I mean see. It's, it's the kind of, I'm not saying he's going to be that kind, but I mean if he is good I that's going to be huge I mean it's it it can change the dynamic of your team yeah a guy like that and uh, so when it comes to that I really do want to see I'm really interested in seeing even on Thursday and Friday when they're not in pads I don't think they'll be in pads right those first two days um wh what it looks like with the ball coming out on time what how he because again he he played scout team last year so it's not like these are the first live bullets he's faced in two and a half years but it's the it, it's close to it and I want to see is that something that he can he can regain instantaneously you're just born with it and it's in you 
or do you need some reps to get, you know, to, to the process the information quickly, to get the ball out on time, to get to read the defense, to read the safety, linebackers, all that? Is that something that he, he, he picks up right away again, like riding a bike, or is it going to take a little time? Because, I, in a, because it, on that note, though, on that same topic, I want to see the receivers because they were dreadful last year. But it's easy to look dreadful when you don't have good quarterbacks throwing you the ball. You just it is. And um, you know, you had James Blackman for a couple games, you had two true freshmen, and you had Jordan Travis, who was basically a, a guy that hadn't played much, throwing you the ball. Now you've got a guy that's won twenty three games in a row and completed a gazillion passes for a gazillion yards in his career. Let's see if the receivers take that Kenny Shaw step. Like, wow, all of a sudden Kenny Shaw can play. Oh, it's because he's got a Heisman winner throwing him the ball. This sees the middle of the field. So I want to see if the if maybe these guys are better than we think, and they'll get an opportunity now with the with a better quarterback. I also yeah, thought be exciting. I also thought uh, Norvell made a great comment the other day when we uh, at the press conference, I guess Friday, and he said that um, he likes the way the quarterbacks are all working together. You got the young guys are kind of telling McKenzie they're teaching him the offense, they're teaching him terminology, all those things, and because they've been in the system for a year. And he's teaching them, and he kind of like was paused for a second. He's like, he's teaching them what it looks like to be a quarterback, which yeah. like is a really backhanded thing to say, but it also I think it was real revealing because that is the that is the the next step that a Chubba Purdy has to make. That yeah. even a Jordan Travis has to make. Like Jordan Travis is a great individual football player, but he never gave you the impression he's a quarterback that does what you know, a Brady did or, or Drew Brees, does. you know, just the, the way the quarterback can affect everybody else on the team beyond just being a good passer. And, and, and I think that's one of the things that McKenzie, if not only does he bring it to your team, but maybe he can kind of teach those guys and, and they can learn from him. Let's get to headliner questions. We'll do it next. Seminole Headlines. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. 